T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Radio you can touch. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? ready? This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Feels like old home week. I know what you mean. Jeff Lutz. Definitely old home week when you're here. I hear you loud and clear. And Jason Duda, for today anyway. It's old home week? Are you saying I'm old or that I should be in a home? Yes. Alrighty then. 97.5 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. It's a Tuesday edition of the Bob and Jeff Show, and it is the three-man booth. We're welcoming Jason Duda back into the fold. He is back in the West Wichita basement studio. It's like coming home, isn't it? I'm back. You just you bounce down the stairs. Uh, it was it was elating to see. It was. Misty was showing me where everybody was at because I didn't know for sure that if you'd moved into a different location in the West Wichita basement suite. Well, there's many locations. There is. That's why I had to make sure that I knew where I was going. And she directed me perfectly to my seat. Good for her. Now, We're still she, here. She uh, very rarely leaves the basement nowadays. Really? During the show. Oh, yes. she stays with us. She does. Well, isn't that nice? I suppose, except I have to sit here and pet her while <laughs> while trying to do a radio show, and that's I got to do two things at once. I know, very difficult for you. Well, let me just say we're very sorry about the passing of your father. I appreciate uh, that. We know you guys had a special bond, as many fathers and sons do. But, what is that like? Um, <laughs> you know, when I, when I pass, you're, you'll be devastated. <laughs> I know, but... You won't be able to function. I'll be able to function, but I'll be sad. I don't know. That, do you think you'll be able to function? No, not for a really? few days. No. I'll function, no. I mean, seamlessly. You guys spend too much time together, so yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be yeah, tough it'll be when tough. that day comes, hopefully not for a long time. But it's, yeah, it's not, uh, it's a little different. Well, in, anyway, we are uh, sorry for the passing of your dad. Well, I appreciate it. And we felt like we knew him, even though we didn't. And uh, so in that way, we were very sad as well. Uh, 869-1240, the IHOP hotline, if you'd like to give us a call. Uh, what's on tap? Today's show, Kevin Saul, the athletic director at Wichita State, will join us at 225, at 245. Uh, Drew Millard, who's written a book called How Golf Can Save Your Life. Do you agree with that? There's dude? a possibility. There's a yeah. possibility. Well, he's made a strong case for it. He's battled some depression and makes a case that golf has helped him overcome some of those issues. So 
He'll be our guest at 2.45, and then in hour number two, we'll have a game. I don't know if you've heard, but we've we've started doing something we call the Bob and Jeff Draft. No, I have not. Uh, we've done it twice, and uh, it's been uh, where we each draft eight of something. Okay. First time it was NFL running backs. Uh, yesterday it was Beatles songs. And then we let Max make the judgment about who had the better list. But then we turn it over to our followers on Twitter. Uh, so it's been kind of fun. Who's won those battles? I have. On I've both, both? From Max and the listeners? I won the first one from Max, which is what counted for that one. And then the next one I won for the listeners, which is what counted for that one. Well, it's So, so you're both one and one. Is that what you're I telling me? I won the listeners on round one. I won Max yesterday. And it's dead even on Beatles songs on the, for is the listeners really 50, right 50? now. Yes, 50-50. That's, when I, when that's I left work, even. it was 50.5 for me and 49.5 for you. It's 50-50. And Jeff's been lobbying like like crazy to try to win this thing. Well, it's helped a little bit. I was trailing last night. So you're lobbying to win this. Why wouldn't I? What do you expect me to do? I even voted voted for myself. That is just the difference right now. That's so bad. That is sad. That's so bad. Why? Why would you even just why say that? That just I voted let it for go. myself? Yeah, why that would, is sad. Why would you it do is? that? Go on there and do that. Who wouldn't do that? Well, Bobby, might point. as well vote for yourself, I and can't. then you'll be winning. I can't, if nor you make would the, I want to. If you make the poll, you can't vote in it. So I voted for myself, So you automatic, So you automatically get one vote. You're up one before you guys even start this. Exactly. So if we're actually tied right now, and he got a vote and I didn't, aren't I leading I would vote? absolutely have to agree with that. <laughs> no. Yes. It's you can't Twitter. vote. You can't vote for yourself. That's just it's for his Twitter mor- followers. That's morally right? wrong. And I'm one of those. Morally wrong to do that. Yeah, I. You know what? I agree. I'm. I think it does have something to do with your morality. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Good. I've always been a deviant. I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, I mean, there's times you you want to conform and be a never. good person. Not really. Well, I would think so. So occasionally, maybe. So I always, uh, and I want to speak briefly about a couple of folks who passed away today in the sports world. Uh, Joe Cap, whom I remember, obviously, from my youth as a quarterback, mostly for the Minnesota Vikings. And he wore that tight-looking helmet with the single crossbar. And it was a day when men were men Understood and quarterbacks were quarterbacks. True. What do you mean, oh, boy? Yeah, this... <laughs> Well, it was just a different time. The guy. Every you know, time is a different time. 30 years from now will be a different time. Well, but they'll look back and they'll see all, all these crossbars. And all these CTE cases. And uh, But anyway, Joe Cap passes away at the age of 85. And then Denny Crum, uh, the former basketball coach at Louisville, passes away at the age of 86. Now, certainly Denny Crum had more of an influence on my life than did Joe Cap because Louisville was such a great college basketball program under Denny Crum, a blue blood in the college basketball world that often came here to Wichita to play when they were a member of the old Missouri Valley Conference. And it was uh, oftentimes getting to see Denny Crum right here in action with players like Junior Bridgman. And it was just, uh, it was part of a part of my past. So very sad about the passing of Denny Crum. 
Didn't he beat uh, UCLA one year, or am I thinking yes, somebody else? Yes, he beat else? UCLA one year. With Louisville, or was he with somebody with else? With Louisville. There you go. That was a pretty pretty good uh, recall by me. Well, he had great, great players. Wesley Unsel, Butch Beard, the aforementioned Junior Bridgman. A lot of great players went well, through Louisville. And then later on, Daryl Griffith and that crew. Well, uh, they've been a blue blood, I think, forever. I know they've had they've recently fallen on hard times, but I think everyone expects them to get back to a point where they're in the mix. Well, absolutely. So I, you dropped them off your blue blood list, I think, when we when we made that. I think they. I think you could make a case that Louisville is still a blue blood. What's our game today? Well, do you have one? No. Well, we're we're playing a game at two at three twenty five. Duda. <laughs> I just just walked in. So did I. Hey, this well, isn't Duda's responsibility. Yeah, it's not, Tuesday. Not this is your responsibility. I, I come up with games every week. Right. I'm not doing it anymore. Let's have I a, come up with guests every week. Let's have a Bob and Jason draft, and I'll be the judge. No, we're not doing that. That's my game. We're not. We're not playing. That's, That's the game that game. I've chosen. So bad. just come up with a game. I don't want to spend two minutes arguing about yeah. this. I'm just telling Even you. Even if you think it's entertaining. I'm just telling your job you. job is to get a game on Tuesdays. So there you go. Mm, it's a Bob and Jason draft. No, we're not so doing dumb. that. Not doing that. That's not the game so today. Dumb. We're not going to do it. It is. Okay, well, we're not doing it. <laughs> You'll come up with a game for 325. Unless. Uh, unless I, this, what? This makes uh, the radio, sh well, I, whatever. It makes it gr uh, awful. Mm. Is what it is, I guess. Atrocious. I come back and look at you two guys. Just the same as when I left you. Well, nothing's changed. I mean, you've got a changed. responsibility. You know, when, when something is your responsibility, and it has been, and it's deemed to be, and it's something you've done, how, how, how do you come and say one day, oh, I'm not doing it? How does that happen? I don't how know. How is that I feasible? mean, I can say whatever I want, though, right? I mean, it's not my job. My job is to show up and do a radio show for two hours. And on that's, Tuesdays, put a game together. That's not part of the job description. I choose to do that. I don't have to. I will continue to. But it's it's not an obligation. Well, it's, it's what I obligate you to, to do. Well, then now I'm not going to. Since I come up with 95% of the guests on this show. and spend... who, who came up with the guests when he was gone? Is that a hard job? I mean, well, it's it's, you easy. do it because no, you don't you, allow anyone else to do it. You get so, Anthony Capron 17 times. So, and so, great. so don't say that. I don't, hey, Cap, how's the Raiders doing? Love it. Oh, well. So don't say that you come up with guests when I could easily do that. Okay, you got the guests from here on out. Uh, fine. All right, <laughs> good deal. You won't enjoy my guests. <laughs> One less thing on my plate. Who will your guests be? I'm not sure yet. We might not have guests. <laughs> Is it, are you threatened by Duda? No, I'm not threatened by Duda. A deeper meaning. I'm threatened there. by. What's going on? I'm threatened by being told what to do. That's never going to be. Nobody ever told you what to do. I I chose a game and you said no. That's not our game. That's being told what to do, right? I'm, I don't react well to to that. Really? Not really. Well, then you know you're fired. Okay. <laughs> See. <ya. laughs> Dude, you got this? No, I don't. Not I mean, today. It it doesn't really matter how you react. If you're dependent upon for every Tuesday to bring a game that we play at but due to here, I thought maybe he'd want to. Nobody ever told him to. I didn't. Did you? 
Did I? No, you didn't. Dang, I thought I did. That's my bad, I guess. If you would have, I would have said yes or no. Probably no. Good chance. Really? But there's a good chance I'd have said yes. I can. Well, on Friday, out. when we're doing the show together, Friday used to be your game day. I'll have a game for Friday. You will have a game for Friday. Really? Just like that? Well, I got three days, so I should be able to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to come up with a game every week. Is that? A, I mean, we can come up with. Did you do that on the Jason and or the Jamin and uh, whatever that show was? Jeff and Jamin show. Did you do that then? Yeah, I did. Then so why is this harder? It just is. Why? Because I feel like I got to come up with something new every week. You That's don't have to come up with something new. That's uh, pressure you put on yourself. You just have to come up with a game. Uh, just a game. Fine. We'll see. I guess. I don't care how new it is. Figure something out. So, I, I, dude, I wanted to ask you about the NHL playoffs because we really have not talked a whole lot about it. All right. Um, we've got uh, tonight Carolina and New Jersey, Dallas and Seattle. If I'm just looking at this as a guy that, and, I, and this is what I am, pays very marginal attention, I'm really into Seattle because they're relatively new. So, are they a legit team? Okay, in their second year, and yes, they are an actual legit team. I obviously being back home, I got caught up on a lot of hockey and curling, and so I don't know if I've missed a hockey game since. And I always watch the playoffs. That's never been an issue with me. I love watching the playoffs. I was not, I wasn't sold on Seattle because new team, da 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 da. I don't watch during the regular season. They had a good record. But watching these guys, they just they play well. They play hard. There's they have really no superstars on it, and they're solid everywhere. Grubauer, who was in Colorado, their goaltender. Colorado got rid of him because they didn't think he was good enough, and then he beats him in the first round, and he's playing great. Seattle is definitely Seattle can come out of the East. There's no question about it. Out of the West. They're out of the out of the West. Sorry, they could come out of the West. New well, Jersey. They're, they're up in this series against Dallas, two to one. And Dallas was heavily favored in this series. And the other West series is your Edmonton Oilers against Edmonton, Las Vegas, which I haven't missed a game of that. And last night was an atrocity for the Edmonton Oilers, because if I'm cheering for anybody, I still kind of cheer for Edmonton. But they didn't look that good. But with McDavid and Drysaddle, that's going to be a long series. That's going to go six seven. Anybody can win that series. Seattle. I I I like Dallas before it started, but after watching the first three games, I Seattle I would pick just watching the way they play. I'd kind of like to. I know you love Edmonton, but I'd kind of like to see Seattle and Vegas. That would be strange. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. It would be strange to to say that in a playoff series, but I could definitely see Seattle and Vegas winning those series. The one thing about the NHL, especially when you get to play, anybody can beat anybody, as we've seen over the the last 15 years well we saw it two weeks ago when boston lost and exactly the, to florida and, and florida's up three nothing now on toronto and and your last hope up in canada toronto yeah down well, three nothing only people in ontario like toronto so that's fine us westerns we're, we're not What's, a fan uh, i thought toronto was what the national what happened team to canadian canada? hockey what, what do you mean what happened we haven't won a cup for 30 what, years that's what i mean what happened i don't know what happened it's embarrassing all the good Canadian players go down to the States to play, and the States keep all the good American players. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, 
You do you do something about it. What do you want me to do? Is there really something to that? I mean, it's just there's only a, a handful of teams. Isn't it just the odds that Canada has a one? Well, that's probably part of it, but there's still seven teams up there. So you got, what, 20-some percent, a little over 20% chance. So you should be winning percentage-wise once out every five or six years, not 30. And so, I said they're the last hope of Canada. Obviously, Edmonton's still in the mix, but... Uh, Edmonton, you gotta you gotta pull for Edmonton. I guess, in some ways, I'm pulling for Edmonton because I want Canada to have a team uh, still alive in this thing, and I don't think Toronto's gonna be. Well, you want them to be in there, and for ratings wise, you want Connor McDavid and Drysaitel to be still involved in the playoffs because those guys are the draw right now with with what's left, other than the actual teams themselves. Those are the two high-profile players that are basically left in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it'll be tough. Edmonton's in tough. Vegas has a great team. I mean, they finished, they finished first in the, in the Pacific Division for a reason. Vegas is tough. That's going to be a tough, tough series, although Vegas lost their goaltender last night in the first period. Thought that might be a problem, but Aiden Hill comes in and stops the next 20 shots, and they win 5-1. to one. So who knows what's going to happen. It, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's an absolute crapshoot. I gave a little time to hockey. And I appreciate that. I bet you do. I do. Instead of just talking the NBA, which we had two uh, good games last night, especially the late one with the Lakers going up 3-1 on Golden State, let's give hockey a little love. There here. you go. I appreciate it. And that's what we've done. And I feel better that's about it? it. Yeah, what else you got on hockey? I don't know. I mean, I, if Duda wants to ask I know I've asked him this question the Florida before. Panthers... The team to be well. Florida was hurt. I I got I picked after they won beat Boston. I had them coming out because Toronto shouldn't have beat Tampa Bay. I watched all those games and how they got by Tampa is a shock to me. Didn't like them. Didn't like them at all. Not surprised. Florida's up three nothing in that one. Jersey Carolina is going to be a tough series. Jersey won last night. They played tonight, so they're down two to one, but they're at home. They got a good young team. Hughes is going to be one of your next superstars coming up. That's going to be a tough series as well. But I think Florida ends up beating either Carolina or Jersey. But out of the problem is out of the West, I think Seattle's going to beat Dallas, but Vegas and Edmonton flip a coin and then flip a coin again in that next series. So, But I, I would pick right now, whoever comes out of the West will end up winning the whole thing. There, you, right. there you got it. There you've heard it right here. Well, I, I like three of the teams in the West. I'll just say that without knowing any players at all. I like Vegas, uh, Edmonton, and Seattle. And those those will be the team. I think Seattle's going to beat Dallas. I didn't think so before the Caesar series, but watching the first three games, I would take Seattle to win that series. Edmonton-Vegas is going to be a dogfight. I'd be shocked if it doesn't go seven. I think Florida wins the other one. Carolina, Jersey, I don't know who's going to win. And you'll be watching hockey tonight. Absolutely, I will. I always watch the playoffs. Don't miss the playoffs. Love playoff hockey. Well, there you go. There you, Nice job. Thanks. I little, appreciate it. little hockey talk here on the Bob and Joe exactly. Show. Exactly. Think anybody else is listening now? Oh, after I we think so. hockey that long? I think so. How come <laughs> Seattle just gets to be good right away? Why does that happen? They're an expansion team. They should be taking everybody's cast-off guys. Well, they do. You know, they, there's, you protect so many people, and I can't remember how many you can protect, and then they, they can pluck from that. So what happens is your top six guys, especially on the forward side of it, they get all the playing time. They get the power play time. They get all the, all the ice time. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And then what happens is these guys on the third line that could probably play first, second line minutes, they get plucked to Seattle, and now they're getting that time to play. So it's not that the, they weren't as good, but the teams had already been set with their lineups. So these guys go to this team, and now they're getting the opportunity to play on the power play. They're getting extra minutes every game, and they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder because, okay, well, these teams didn't think I was good enough to play. It's a big motivator. Isn't that a failure on their original team's part? Not if they're not giving them the well, opportunity. What I heard you say there is everybody's good in hockey, and it doesn't. You, you, you not at all. Not at all. But the problem is, is that if you're the seventh best forward on a team, what happens? You don't get. That means no power play time, so you're not going to score as many points because most a lot of points are scored on your power play. So you don't get that. You don't get all the ice time that you would normally get if you're short because you run down to two lines. So you rotate those top two lines. And those guys don't get a chance. So now they're in Seattle having a chance to play all those extra minutes and power play time, and they're showing that they're actually really good players. And that's just the difference. All right. There you go. Hockey, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a break, come back, talk Shocker Athletics with the head man, the athletic director, Kevin Saul. He is our guest next. You're listening to Bob and Jeff, Jason Duda here, the three-man booth on KFH. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. They'll drop the bomb. We are celebrating Mom on the show this week. Mother's Day upcoming. This is a song called Mother from Pink Floyd. Joined on the hotline, the IHOP hotline, by Kevin Saul, the athletic director at Wichita State. Kevin, welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for uh, having me on the show. Well, we we always appreciate your availability and your desire and willingness to come on with us, so thank you. Uh, so we had uh, Lauren Hibbs on yesterday, the baseball coach, and they've had a, a, a very good season, a bounce-back season after – a few years of uh, really not reaching that level. Uh, we know what's going on in softball and track and field. 
Uh, this is the kind of spring you enjoy as an athletic director, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a good spring. We um, had a lot of good stories to tell. Certainly, uh, uh, we're in a better spot, obviously, in our baseball program than we were last fall. That's for sure. Um, I think we had a 56-game schedule. You probably look at some highs and lows, and and that's all part of it. Um, and obviously, we've got uh, still a long ways to go. We've got two weekends and a conference tournament, so a lot of script left to play out in, in, in that season and looking forward to that. Our softball team is headed down to Tampa, and they'll be competing the AAC championship. And track and field will be down there as well. So uh, I'm going to head down uh, late tomorrow and have an opportunity to support both softball and track in Tampa as they compete for championships. Yeah, we, we talked to uh, Lauren Hibbs yesterday, and I, I asked him because, you know, it's kind of been a four-year process uh, with with that staff minus Eric Wedge now, where they got here when it was uh, the uh, the pandemic had a shortened season and all that they've gone through since then, and now this can feel like a culmination. I asked him what support uh, the baseball program needs to you know continue on this path. So I'll ask you that question: What kind of support from the athletic department does baseball need uh, to continue on this path, or is it just a status quo and let them keep going? Well, I think the the support is is ever growing, right? When I I think we've talked about it before. When I was researching the job um, here at Wichita State, I looked at all 15 of our sports programs and where we were positioned in major expense and major revenue categories with our peers in the American Athletic Conference, and that analysis was done inclusive of the new peers that begin July 1 of 23. Um, and certainly we're positioned very well in baseball, and we've got a, a majority of our programs are positioned in the top third. We've got a couple in the middle third. We've got a couple in the bottom third that we need to address um, um, clearly because I firmly believe that from a championship perspective, we've got to align resources to expectations. If we have championship-level expectations, we've got to have championship-level resources. That doesn't mean we've got to be number one in the league in every single category, what it means is we need to be positioned collectively in the top third. Uh, we are um, in many of our programs. Baseball is included in that, and so we feel like we're uh, we're positioned well there. My experience as baseball administrator for eight years at the University of Kentucky will tell me we built a $50 million stadium there um, right before we opened it up, uh, right before I left for Murray State. And I can tell you in all the extensive research and design um, that we did in that project, this facility here at Wichita State is positioned in the top uh, 15, I would say, in the country. Um, so there's a lot of resources here. Um, the the resources that are available in terms of, um, obviously, the, the stadium itself, uh, the premium spaces, the player development spaces in terms of nutrition, weight room, team room, coaches' offices connected. Um, there are literally hundreds of baseball coaches around the country that would desire to have a facility set up to what we have here at Wichita State. So we're positioned really well. Um, we're obviously going to continue to keep analyzing where we can get better, how we can get better, because at the end of the day, um, I don't know that Wichita State baseball is measured by anything other than postseason play and trying to get to Omaha, and that's certainly our goal. 
Good, and I'm I'm also curious, you know, obviously with the softball team and, and the women and how well they've played over the last few years, how important is that to the school, just to add something like that and, and a team that's ranked as high as they are and, and having players like a Sidney McKinney there? And, and what's the feedback you get off of that as an AD when you talk to people and how much is brought up about your softball team? I, I think what Christy and her staff and the, the young women in our program have done um, cannot be overstated. Um, you know, four of the last six years have made an NCAA regional. Um, we will make one this year to be five of seven. Um, we have tremendous young women in our community, whether you analyze that through the NIL space, um, academically, how they, they contribute their time and efforts into the community, um, their spirit. Just, uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal group of, of young people and you guys know, at least I think you might know, we, Jennifer and I have made it a priority to host every single team uh, out to our house in the last nine, ten months. And we'll do dinner, and we've got ping pong and pool, and uh, we'll be outside and inside. And I don't know that we have a more cohesive group, uh, a group that has more fun with each other uh, than our softball program. So it's very easy to see when you have an opportunity to hang around them why they're successful, um, incredible relationships amongst peers between coaches and student athletes. We've got a great sport administrator and Corey Torgerson. All those things are, are, are pulling in the right direction. And so obviously it's our job administratively. You talked about it with baseball. Um, we certainly have an obligation to resource our softball program in a different way because I would tell you that they are outperforming their resources, particularly on the facility side. And so we made it a priority last July uh, to dive into what that softball facility would need to look like. We've got a phase one of about $9.65 million, and uh, we're making significant headway in terms of financing um, that first phase to include a full indoor infield, 110 by 110 turf space for live infield, BP, pitching tunnels, and then a team operations building that connects to the new third base dugout. And I will tell you, the university has um, made it a priority to resource our softball program in a different way. In the last 18 months, we've invested $2.1 million in terms of lights, batting cages, the new dugout on the third base side, which was designed to connect into these new team facilities. After the season this year, guys, we will be installing artificial synthetic uh, surface everywhere except the dirt infield. We still need to maintain that to host NCAA regional. So we're making significant investments in our softball program because um, we need to align resources to the expectations. They have created championship level expectations outperforming their resources, and it's our job to, to meet those. Kevin Saul, our guest, when are you inviting the cast and crew of our radio show to your house for ping pong, Kevin? I would tell you it's an open invitation. Anytime, guys. I just need to run it by Jennifer, so if you give me a day or two in advance, we'll make it happen. Well, if she's listening to this show, she'll flatly say no. So we, we'll have to deal with that when it happens. Kevin, do not give these and to I'll your address, a, whatever you do. Playlist, uh, I'll need a desired playlist when you guys come over so I can make that well, I like that. you, too. There you go. Kevin Saul, our guest, Wichita State Athletic Director. Uh, let's, I'm a little confused, and I... Why, why Wichita State softball isn't hosting a regional this year? Is it facilities? Is it strength of schedule? Is it a combination? Because, uh, you know, I, I'm an old sports writer, and I think I know enough about uh, 
about this that it it just seems like that's a little bit of an injustice. Do you agree? Well, Bob, that decision hasn't been made yet. Um, those announcements are made on Sunday, the 14th of May. Let's say I'm not optimistic, okay? Okay. Okay. So, well, let's talk about that because when you look at – there's so many variables that go into it. So let's talk about the NCAA bid first and foremost. So when you submit an NCAA bid to, to host a championship, there's a formula that they will use that includes the uh, financial components, right? So your, your revenue and expenses, um, how you plan for the championship, uh, those elements. You've got to meet a minimum financial guarantee there, which we did. There are some championships where you need to be very, very competitive on the financial component, and there are some where you only need to meet a minimum financial guarantee, and softball is one of those, and we have in our bid. They will also look at facility and your ability ability to accommodate a first-class championship. I will tell you all of the components that are required to host a championship, whether that's a field, dugouts, restrooms in the dugouts, lights, press box, um, media, workrooms, uh, press conference areas, uh, hospitality areas for student athletes and staff, parking. We meet all of those. I will tell you that we will, we will do an even better and more efficient job of meeting all of those uh, with the new facility. Um, so I don't know that that's going to be restrictive uh, to us hosting, but it certainly is a concern because it's an older facility. Um, the other element that I think you've got to look at is selections in general. So what happens in the background throughout the course of the year in all sports is typically you will have a national committee, right, for a sport, a selection committee for the postseason tournament. And below that or in the background of that national committee are regional advisory committees. In the case of softball, I believe there are six regional advisory committees. And what those committees do is they rank order teams within their region based on their results, their RPI, their strength of schedule, all of those elements. Those regional rankings are then forwarded every week to the national committee who then nationally ranks uh, those teams. And so when you talk about rankings, you can talk about D1 softball, you can talk about RPI, you can talk about the national committee ranking, which nobody sees, by the way, uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, you can talk about national polls. And when you look at those, we are anywhere between 18 and 21 to those that we have access to. Um, there are 16 host sites. Now, the selection of host sites is not going to go by the chalk of the RPI. Uh, that won't happen. Um, I have seen it extend as deep into rankings as 19, 20, and 21 have had an opportunity to host. The committee is charged with selecting 16 regional host sites that are balanced geographically because finances for the overall softball championship is a factor and um, you've got to try and balance those regional sites geographically. So I will give you an example. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Wichita State will all have cases to host regionals, whether the, the, the committee puts four regionals within that tight geographical area, uh, in other words, bringing 12 visiting teams into that tight of a geographical area remains to be seen. So there are multiple layers and, and multiple concurrent factors that are weighed in in terms of, of whether you're selected to, to host a regional or not. That all makes sense. Jeff, do you have a question? Just, just real quick, Kevin, since we haven't touched on men's basketball, I know fans 
uh, get a little bit antsy about recruiting and whatever timeline they think uh, it should go on. Uh, how do you think uh, Paul Mills and his staff are doing so far, and, and what's the check-in process like? Do you talk to him regularly about that stuff or, or any other stuff for that matter? Yes, we we connect near daily. Um, I'm swinging through the offices, or he swings through mine, uh, text calls. It's a regular communication, so I'm well informed. I'm I'm a part of the recruiting process when we have young men on our campus. Um, I'll do a short presentation, and there's an academic component to that. So um, I'm heavily engaged in that process, and I feel I feel very good and encouraged in terms of. Uh, the conversations that we're having first and foremost, but obviously the, the, the other institutions that these young people are considering in the same conversation as Wichita State is exactly where we need to be. We're going to win some of those. Uh, we're going to lose some of those. And so we will continue to put our best foot forward. We've got significant assets to sell to young people in terms of our facilities. We've got a $1.1 million weight room renovation that's going on right now. Uh, the place is built for basketball in terms of the proximity of the championship floor to the practice courts, to the coaches' offices and the weight room. Um, we've got a lot of really positive things to sell. Our academic performance is incredibly high, um, and we have the ability to um, certainly guide and direct and nurture uh, young people that might struggle academically. I think we performed very, very well in that space from a, a GPA, APR, all of those elements. I think um, we do a good job with the parents because obviously parents got to be comfortable with their young people uh, being with us. And so we'll spend a lot of time with the parents. But between Paul and Kenton and Chris, Quincy, Luke, Ian, Xavier, Ryan, Todd, all of those folks are involved in recruiting. And it, it is a certainly a condensed process with the portal. I think there were 1,600 young people in the portal last year. Um, 1,200 of those, 1,600 that left scholarships to enter the portal, and only 1,200 of those actually matriculated to other schools. So we're seeing a lot of influence in the lack of high school recruiting, the, the, the pressure in the portal, the additional COVID years that really don't cycle off until 24, 25. It's a unique recruiting environment. I will tell you from a fan's perspective, obviously, um, I, I love – uh, perspectives and opinions and all of those things and everybody has one and I think that's great that's the passion and emotion that comes with uh, shocker basketball is second to none and I've been involved in some great programs I think there is a difference between uh, opinions and informed opinions right or detailed opinions um, uh, there's a lot of information that's going on in the background and a lot of details and calls and all those elements NIL is a significant portion of it um, and so just knowing that we've got a small army of individuals that are committed to putting the, 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 the most elite level of talent on the floor that we can possibly uh, do for next year, that's what we're focused on. We've got a few more positions to fill, and we'll continue to do that, and I'm, I'm encouraged. Kevin, thanks so much. We really appreciate you coming on the show, as you uh, frequently do. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. I, I really appreciate your guys' role and commitment and and what helps in telling our story. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, and go Shockers. Thank you. Take care. That's Kevin Saul, the Wichita State Athletic Director. Drew Miller joins us. He's written a book called How Golf Can Save Your Life, and what a great title for a book. That's got to be uh, jumping off the shelves because we're all interested in saving our lives. Drew, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, so your story is a compelling one, and, and golf uh, intervened in a way in, in your life and obviously uh, gave you a great lift. Uh, so just tell us the premise for the book, uh, what made you write it, and, uh, and, and then just a little bit about why golf, you think? Um, that's a great question. And, well, I'll say first off, uh, the why golf specifically, well, I'm from, uh, Western North Carolina, a little town called Tryon. And there are, there's just so many options of golf courses out there. And so that's a little context, but so I was working in a uh, digital media newsroom, very fast-paced environment. And at the age of about 25 or so, I just got completely burned out, felt run into the ground. I moved back home, and I needed something to help me get going again. And what I ended up settling on was golf, and just sort of on a whim, partially because there are so many courses around. And from there, I just became obsessed with it and sort of viewed it as a very key part of my recovery. Yeah, so I know with uh, anxiety and depression, there's not always reasons to it. It, sound like, it sounds like you were able to pinpoint at least one being over, overwhelmed at work. Did, that, did, that, did knowing that, did that help you? seek help in what in whatever ways you were able to do that uh, through therapy and medication and obviously playing golf was was knowing that there was a problem was that kind of the the first step absolutely and you know it it was one of those things um that and you know people some people have this experience uh others don't but it was one of those things where it got so bad that doing you know literally anything was better than doing nothing um and you know uh i'm not i'm not comparing myself to someone who's an addict or anything but you know it, it was very similar to what you know addicts call hitting rock bottom um except with mental health where the only place to go is up. Well, and it's it's funny that you you chose golf because golf can be a very trying sport, to say <laughs> to say the least. Like I I could think you could write the book that you you wrote, and you could also write a book on how not to kill yourself because you shot ninety nine consecutively over and over again and can't shoot ninety five. So <laughs> I, I I just find it funny that that you chose golf for that and. Obviously, it's helped, and it's helped you. What are you getting as feedback on the book? Um, I mean, I've been getting a lot of good feedback. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, um, well, one, like, part of the reason that, especially initially, I was able to uh, bounce back is because, you know, everything was going fairly poorly, and... I so you know have, hitting a bad shot or having a bad score, that was almost a way of externalizing my problems and saying, well, you know, I have another chance with my next shot, um, and 
even if it doesn't go well, I'll have another chance. And that was, that helped me put things into perspective. Um, yeah. Talking uh, with Drew Miller, his new book, How Golf Can Save Your Life. Um, so, yeah, you play golf, and it's therapeutic mm-hmm. for you, obviously. How much other golf has now entered your life? Do you follow the PGA Tour? Are you a live golf fan? Do you go by a different club every day? Uh, do you toss your putter in a lake? Do you do all the things that <laughs> golfers do? Um, actually, so I've never tossed my putter in a lake, but um, I once was playing at uh, a course in Durham, North Carolina. I believe it's called Crossing. Crossing? And it was so hot and humid out that I was hitting a driver over a pond and the club slipped out of my hand and flew into the pond accidentally. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I followed the PGA. I've been sort of following the controversy with Liv. I haven't paid a ton of attention to the actual tour. Um, And I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm a member of a club up here in Philadelphia where I live. So you'll watch the PGA Tour on the weekend. You'll pay a special attention to the majors and all the things mm-hmm. that golf fans do, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you say that you bring that up because one thing that I found uh, while writing the book is after the pandemic um, sort of began, people just started flocking to golf because especially in the early days of like lockdowns, golf courses were the only places you could like meet people. And so I think like 2 million people have started playing or like gotten back into it since the pandemic began. And that's like a 33% increase in the number of golfers out there. And that's really changed the character of the game. Um, especially at like a playing level, because you have these people who aren't necessarily that focused on the PGA um, and instead are in it for, you know, these reasons that are completely their own. Um, so it's a really, it's been a really fascinating thing to see. So what has this process taught you about your ability to pursue the things that you want to pursue uh, to put yourself out there uh, and things like that to just kind of do. I know, I know you in in writing that uh, you know you're able to formulate ideas even when you're working in a newsroom for a, for a company. But uh, just being able to pursue your own interests and do the things you love. How what has this taught you about about those things? I mean, it's taught me that you know a lot more is possible um, than I may have previously thought. You know, I I don't think I would have been able to write any book if I hadn't been playing golf um, because golf, it really, like, it really focuses you on being self-sufficient and, you know, cleaning up the, cleaning up the mess you've made, so to speak. Um, and I think that's a really valuable thing to learn, um, especially, you know, in a time where we're all so connected, there's like news feeds and Twitter timelines and Instagram reels and whatnot. And 
you know, being able to unplug from all of that um, is like through anything. It could be yoga, it could be golf, it could be, you know, making those little like model trains. Um, it's really important to give yourself the space to do that. Um, I was also, go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, it's really important to give yourself the space to do that in a time when like, you know, we are being told we have to be connected. We have to be online or, you know, always plugged in and engaged. Um, and there's no better feeling than unplugging and disengaging. So I was also curious, you know, when and why, I guess, too, you decided to document this journey and what it was like kind of recounting those those darker days, the, the rock bottom days. Well, you know, I'm so far removed from it now um, that I'm able to have, I'm able to take the long view and I'm almost, I'm almost grateful for having, you know, such a, having had such a rough time because it gives me perspective and it makes me able to say, this is what I came from. And I now know how to get out of it. And so it makes me, I would say it makes me like a stronger, braver person. Good stuff. Drew Millard has been our guest. His book is called How Golf Can Save Your Life. It's available everywhere you get books. Uh, it says on your jacket uh, cover that your handicap hovers between 8 and 12. Where is it right now, Drew? Uh I believe it is 10.9. Well, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not good, but not good, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> well, keep working at it, and thank you very much for coming on our show to talk about your book, and congratulations on getting it published. Thank you so much. Really, wow. uh, really enjoyed coming on. We thank appreciate you. it. Drew Millard. Drew Millard, our guest. Uh, most people with that name say Millard. But others, others say Millard. There was a White House press secretary back in the name, uh, back in the day with the name Millard. Yeah, how about that? I don't remember that one. I believe it was Ron Millard, but I'll have to look. I'll and take if, your word for it. I'm not going go to. No, I'm going to look Good. Uh, uh, during the break, and if I'm right, that's nothing, just another. Nothing happens. No, it's another sign that. The old man's brain is functioning at a high level. I've got a game, Which will be right, good. Duda? That'll be, that would be fantastic to know that. Thank you. You're welcome. I've got my game. I'm ready. <laughs> Have you missed us? Absolutely. Oh, oh. I, I stopped you before you the knot came in. It, you did. <laughs> what is the game? I'm not going to tell you. That's oh. all right. We're not. Oh, darn it. Pull it out of him, dudes. No, it's good. <laughs> we, we will be back. With our number two, the Bob and Jeff Show, our good friend Jason Duda with us. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.